Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. I want to live for you again, God. I want the guilt to be off me, God. I want to love you again and feel your love back, God. I want to walk close to you and hear your voice, God. I want restoration and renewal. Welcome, this is Bold Steps Weekend featuring the Bible teaching of Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today we continue with part two of our study on repentance, specifically the five effects of unconfessed sins that can hinder us from giving our whole heart to God. Stay with us as Mark will join us at the end of the message for some additional thoughts. But if you have your Bible handy, I'll meet you now in Psalm 51. Here's Mark Job with this weekend's Bold Steps. Notice what David says in verse six. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. Teach me wisdom in the inmost place. You know what happens when we sin and we don't want to repent is that we start lying to ourselves deep inside. Uh, Do you realize that a lot of people are very dishonest with themselves? And until they get truth in their inward parts, they lie to themselves about their sin. And until, uh, this is what David says to God, I know you want me to be honest and truthful inside. And sometimes when we're sinning, we we don't want to be honest and we don't want to be truthful. So we lie to ourselves so that we can continue on it. But God takes us to the point, conviction takes us to the point where we, are, where we become honest with God and honest with ourselves, and we stop playing the game of deception and we're honest and we have to say, yes, I have sinned against God. I have sinned in my life. And he says, you desire truth in the inward parts. Teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Hyssop was a plant that they used for ceremonial cleansing. And I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Uh, He says, the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Here's what I want you to understand. When you're truly repentant, you're gonna desire to be clean. And not only do you desire to be clean, you desire to be restored to God, to the right place where God wants you to be in. What happens when we're, when we're not repentant? Let me tell you, if you're here this morning and you are living with unconfessed sin, major areas in your life that you have not confessed, that you have not dealt with, that you're just living with, let me tell you what's happening in your life right now. Number one, a wrong spirit. Verse 10 says, restore right spirit within me. You have a wrong spirit. Your spirit's not going to be right with God. It's not going to connect with God. It's going to be in the wrong place. It's not going to hear from God correctly. It's not going to understand the things of God. The spirit part of you is the part that hears the messages from God. And so your spirit's going to be wrong. Uh, Secondly, you will feel separated from the presence of God. In verse 11, he says, do not cast me away from your presence. Not that God has abandoned you, but it's when, when you sin, 
your sin comes between you and God. God doesn't leave you, but your sin does not allow you to see God clearly or experience his presence. Uh, for example, if, if I have something that blocks me, these lights are here, but if I put something in front of me, these lights are still shining, but I don't feel the effects of the light on me because something is blocking them. Sin is that way. God has not left us, but sin blocks his presence from us. And although he is still present, we don't experience the power of his presence. We don't experience the, the depth of his presence in our life. Thirdly, you lose the joy of your salvation. Uh, David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. There's something, about, there's something about being right with God that gives you a sense of joy. Like I'm right with God. God is good. He's on the throne. Life may be crumbling, but I know he's there. You know what joy does also? Joy gives energy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you find yourself with unconfessed sin, undealt with sin in your life, it'll take away your joy, which will lead to a drain of your energy, which leads to a shadowing of the presence of God, which leads to a long, wrong spirit within you. Verse 13, it'll take away your desire to witness or to tell other people about Christ. Uh, verse 14, your inner song will be gone. It'll take away that spirit of singing and worship in your life and praise will be gone. It'll rob you of your ability, desire, and urge to praise him. So you will still be a Christian. Notice what's not gone. Your salvation is not gone, but you can be saved and miserable. There's no worse place to be than someone that's tasted of the goodness of God You've experienced the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit. You've been born again, but you're living with unconfessed sin in your life. So all the benefits here in this life of your salvation are sort of taken away from you. So although you know that you're a believer, you're not walking in the fullness of where God wants you to be. How many of you know it's a miserable place to be? Have you ever been there? Oh man, it's miserable. It's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to be saved and not right with God. It's just an awkward place to be. You can't go to the world because you don't belong in the world. And some of us, when we're in that state, we try to go to the world. I just might as well go to the world. You go out there and feel like, eh, I don't belong here. I'm going to try to act like I'm of the world. Or bring out that old language. Yeah, blah, 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 blink, 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 this. And I'm back, here I am. And you're talking, but inside something's telling you, no, it's not you anymore. It's like you're putting on an act. You're trying to behave. It's like you're acting like, but, but inside something keeps telling you, that's not you. That's not who you are. That's not where you belong. You're not there anymore. These people aren't your people anymore. And now you're caught in a terrible place because you can't go out and be of the world because inside you don't belong. And when you go to the people of God, you're unconfessed sin. So you feel a little bit miserable. So, hey, you're miserable in the world. You're miserable in God. You're, hey, you're just plain miserable. <laughs> it's a bad place to be. And that's why David says, hey, he says to God, 
let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Now, when did God crush David's bones? God never crushed his bones, but David felt crushed. You can feel, have you ever felt crushed in your spirit? You're under conviction and your bones feel crushed. And when you, when, when you live with unconfessed sin, it's like this wet blanket on your life and it drags you down and you're miserable. You wake up grouchy, you go to bed grouchy, you lack energy during the day. You know you wanna pray, but every time you pray, you get under conviction. So you don't really wanna pray. You need to be in church, but because you're supposed to be and you don't wanna leave God, but inside you don't wanna deal with your sin. So you go, you sit in church, your arms are crossed. Hey, you know, God's dealing with you. You feel convicted. You don't really want to be there, but you know, you should be there. Man, it is a miserable existence. And David said, that's, that's where I was at. Lost my joy. We're living for you. And when he started to repent, he said, restore the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit, sustain me, God. Listen, here's what I know. If you're here this morning and, and, and you're a prodigal, obviously you're not a physical prodigal because you're here. But you can be a spiritual prodigal and still have your body in church. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about? Your body's not out there, but your spirit's a prodigal. You can be physically present and spiritually have run away from God. How you doing, sister? Eh, then all right. How's your spiritual walk? Yeah, you know, it could be better. I'm okay. Really inside you want to say, I'm here, but my heart's not here. My spirit's gone. I'm fighting God. I'm running from him. He's calling me, but I'm resisting his spirit. I don't want to go back. I know what he wants me to do in my life, but I'm saying, no, 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 no. And he's tugging, he's pulling. I don't want to go because I know I'm going to have to give up some things. I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to be hard. I know I'm going to have to confess. I know I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to have to make things right. I know I'm going to have to talk to people. I don't want to go there. And so you're in a prodigal state. You can go to worship, you can go to home group and your spirit can be prodigal. And David was a king and he was in the temple and he was doing all that he was supposed to be doing for a year, but in his spirit, he knew he was far from God. He wasn't where he needed to be. Oh, it's a tough place to be. It's a hard place to be. You know what? In Psalms 42, he says, the deer longs pants after the water brook, so my soul pants after you. You see, when you're a prodigal, you know you're thirsty. You know you're hungry. You know you long for something, but the very thing you long for is the thing you're resisting because you know God's gonna take you down the path of brokenness. So you fight it, but really it's what you need. It's what God is trying to offer to you. And so the fourth thing is found in verse 13. And by the way, Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, he who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. 
The, the fourth thing that we see here is freedom in worship instead of lifeless religious duty. David says, God, when you cleanse me, when I feel like I've been cleansed, oh God, when I've repented truly, Lord Jesus, and, and when, when I'm washed in my spirit, then I will teach transgression your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me and my tongue will sing of your righteousness, O Lord. Open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You see, when you've truly experienced repentance, then what God does is he opens up the well of your mouth to begin to worship him truly in spirit and in truth. You wanna worship. And when, when you're not repentant, it's, it's, really, it's really hard to worship. But when you come to the place of repentance, then you have a hunger to worship God. Why? Because he's done so much in your life. You feel like you owe him so much. You want to worship him. You don't say, well, I'm going to skip the singing, the worship part, you know, and then I wait for the message. No, 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 no. You want to worship. And that's not just singing on Sunday morning, but you want to worship God. And, and you're not concerned about what other people are going to think or say because when you're worshiping God, it's not about others, it's about God. A repentant heart says, I love him because he's done so much for me. I am free to worship him. I can raise my hand, I can bow my head, I can fall on my knees, I can cry and I can weep and I can laugh and I can sing and I can rejoice and I can dance if I want to because God has done so much in my life. It frees you up in the spirit of worship. Oh, it liberates you to worship God. It's like a fountain that's been clogged and it unclogs and all the praises of God come out because now you give him the worth that he deserves. It's liberated you, freed you to worship God. That's a repentant heart, a renewed heart, wants to worship, wants to flow in adoration, can't be contained. It cannot be stopped. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. We'll continue today's message in just a minute. Mark is describing the five effects of unconfessed sins. Number five on the list is coming up next. And a little hint, it has to do with the heart. Mark is here as well, and will give us some closing comments to wrap up the message at the end. But we're glad you're listening today here at Bold Steps Weekend. It's our goal to help you grow in your daily walk with God. Right now, I want to make sure you don't miss out on the free weekly devotional Mark sends out to our listeners every Monday morning. It's called the Bold Stepper Weekly. This is a completely free resource from the Bold Steps ministry. And one additional feature of the Bold Stepper Weekly is that it now incorporates the Bold Steps Minute. So there's even more content to enjoy. And if you're asking, what is the Bold Steps Minute? Well, it's snippets of inspiring messages and statements that really get you thinking. And it's incorporated along with the rest of the devotional, so you can simply click and listen. It's sure to be an encouragement and help as you start your week off right. Sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly today at boldstepsweekend.org. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly tab. It's easy to join the list. There is no cost or obligation, of course. Well, back now to the teaching on Bold Steps Weekend with Pastor Mark Joe. That's a repentant heart, a renewed heart, wants to worship, wants to flow in adoration 
can't be contained. It cannot be stopped. And the last thing, fifth, fifthly, is heartfelt brokenness instead of striving for penance. You see, David says to God, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it to you. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I wish we could just bring an offering. It'd be easier. God says, I don't want an offering. Don't bring me a lamb or a pigeon. Don't bring me a gift. I want more than your service. I want your heart. You see, oftentimes I believe that we try to get rid of our guilt through cheap ways. God is convicting us of our sin and we feel guilty over it. So we say, you know, when next time the offering comes around, I'm gonna double it. I'm gonna give God an extra gift. And it makes you feel good for a moment. But you know what? God doesn't want that. He wants your heart first. You feel bad inside, you feel convicted over something. So you say, I need to feel good. So I'm gonna go see my mother-in-law. Okay, all right, I'll pick up a Connie's pizza. Take her Connie's pizza here. Spend an hour with her. Well, that should count for a lot, God. And you feel good because you've done a good deed. But listen, God says, I don't want that. I don't want your good works to try to appease the broken and contrite heart. You say, okay, all right, God, you know, I'm going to read my Bible, or I'm going to fast, or I'm going to pray, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And God says, I don't want your sacrifice. I don't want your penance. I don't want your 20 prayers that you pray for this sin. I don't want that stuff. That's not enough. What I want is I want a heart that's broken and contrite before me that says, God, I am seriously sorry and regretful over this so much so, God, that I want to change. I want restoration. Create in me a new heart, God. I want to praise you again, worship you. I want to live for you again, God. I want the guilt to be off me, God. I want the freedom to be there. I want to love you again and feel your love back, God. I want to embrace you and know that you're embracing me. I want to walk close to you and hear your voice, God. I want rest restoration and renewal. God says, that's what I want because a broken and contrite heart, I will not despise. I'll come close to a broken and contrite heart. I'll be there. I'll minister. I'll refresh. I'll pour into a broken and contrite heart. Don't give me your cheap sacrifices. They're never substitutes for your heart. Don't get rid of your guilt in this easy, fast way. Don't alleviate your conscience with some gift that you try to give me, some good work you try to do. Don't alleviate your conscience that way. I want your heart. I want your heart. And David says, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. You see, there's no way around it. Repentance is always part of the package. Let me tell you, you came to God through repentance. You can't come to God without repentance. Jesus talked about it. Repent and believe. John the baptizer talked about it. Repent and believe. Peter, repent, believe, and be baptized. You see, what he's saying is that I want you to believe enough 
that you believe it so strongly that you're willing to turn around from whatever you're doing and saying, God, even though this is easier and this satisfies me for the moment and this is a quick fix to my life, I believe that you are greater, that you are most satisfying, that ultimately you are worth more. And so I'm willing to give this up and turn my back on it and say, God, you are worth much more than all of that. And ultimately I repent and turn my back on it and I embrace you and say, you are my total satisfaction. Well, that's hard. Repentance means you have, to, you have to say, I believe that God is bigger and better. And so therefore, I'm willing to believe enough that I turn around and I show the, and you say, well, pastor, I would, but I'm afraid I'm going to fall again. How many of you have thought that? I want to repent, but I'm afraid I'm going to fall back. Be honest, a lot of us. Man, I think everybody that repents things, I want to repent, but what if I fall back? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In your natural flesh, you will. That's why you need God's power and the power of repentance every day. You cannot live it on your own. You need the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit to sustain victory in your life. Because on your own, you will fall. That's why you live in an attitude of repentance before God, in an attitude of yieldedness before God, admitting, God, I can't, and I know I can't. That's why I need you, and I'll hang on to you, and when I am weak, God, I will cling to you and say, be my strength, and when sin comes and deceives me and says, go to it, It'll satisfy you right now. It'll make you feel better. And I want to grasp it. I think, yeah, but this will hurt God. And God, why am I drinking out of a dirty mud puddle when I could be drinking of the clear crystal water of the living God that satisfies and saturates my life and my wholeness? Why would I go there? That's repentance. Well, that's Mark Job with Bold Steps Weekend. And the closer you get to God, the more he demands that you make a choice. Did you catch that? There is no half-heartedness when it comes to following him. Yeah, and Wayne, the heart of this message is true repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, being sorrowful over the right things, willingness to turn around. Uh, it leads us to saving us from a destructive path and it leads to a life of no regret. That is the fruit of repentance. That's the goal, isn't it? Uh, I've heard it said that partial obedience to God is disobedience. Another way to put it, huh? Yeah, it it truly is. And oftentimes, and maybe some of our listeners may be struggling with this right now, you have been saying in your heart, in your mind, I'm going to take this step, I'm going to obey. I like to say it this way, delayed obedience 
is disobedience. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I like uh, that. Because oftentimes we have it in our mind one day when I'm ready, when I feel the energy, when I have the support, when I, when the timing is right. But if you have been postponing something that you know that God wants you to deal with, delayed obedience is disobedience. The time to act is now. And there's great freedom that results. Freedom to serve God and worship Him with a clean heart, pure heart. Yes, it's painful. You see the pain in David's psalm. I mean, he's crushed and he's broken and you see the wrestling with it. But at the end, there's joy. Great joy after he finally goes to those hard places. Well, Mark, thank you for today's message. And next time, you'll focus on the church at Ephesus as our series continues here on Bold Steps Weekend. And thank you again for joining us today. Don't forget to visit boldstepsweekend.org to listen again or to connect with us. On our website, you'll find all of Mark's messages, and you'll also be able to check out our latest Bold Action Gift. In a world gripped by fear, this month's Bold Action Gift serves as a guiding light. It's a book titled Fear and Faith, written by Trillian Newbell. With vulnerability and wisdom, she explores the intersections of fear and faith, offering practical guidance that will empower you to navigate life's challenges and find peace in the midst of turmoil. A copy of Fear and Faith is yours with a gift of any amount. Call us at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or give your gift online at boldstepsweekend.org. And a quick reminder that if you decide to give $30 a month or more, you'll get a 50% discount off the entire Moody Publishers catalog. That's half off all of our Bible studies, Christian living books, DVDs, children's books, and so much more. Learn more at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to go and sign up to the Bold Steps Weekend podcast, where you can listen to these messages anytime and anywhere you go. Just open up your podcast app on your mobile phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We'll see you again next week for more Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.